Welcome to our number two on a Thursday on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. How much do you know about K-food? How much hanshik have you eaten? We invite you into the world of Korean food, of course, including the history and culture of it. We'll introduce trendy foods and famous restaurants on Dish of the Day with Chef Ryan. It's a Thursday. That means Ryan is always on the show, whether he's here in the studio or out and about like last week in Karak Market, which was fabulous. That was we'll, fun. Yeah. And we got to see so many different types of food. Yeah. I guess we condensed a whole season of Dish of the Day into one show. Well, we, we only looked at like... Five percent of the market. That's crazy, really? isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And if you missed it last week, hopefully once again in the future we can send Ryan off somewhere. We often have him on his farm or in his kitchen as well. But today in the flesh, how are we doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing this morning? Really well. Like the weather's nice and warm. Yesterday was really warm. Yeah. My kids came out of school and they were still wearing because my wife, I think, dressed them inappropriately <laughs> with like long hoodies and long sleeves oh, inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of their friends were running out in t-shirts and my kids were like why didn't i wear a t-shirt today Daddy? yeah i was, like, I was in so shorts sorry. and a t-shirt <gasps> shorts all, as well all day on the farm yesterday. wow shorts yeah. and a t-shirt it has cooled down just a tad because i think we had a little bit of rain overnight but i think today's going to be like 22 degrees as well supposed to get up there a little bit and then the the rain cleaning the air a little bit because yesterday was a bit rough yeah so the dust right a little nicer today i saw though unfortunately to tell you ryan on the headlines of the korean papers outside they were saying in beijing at the moment is terrible and later today we might get hit again no which is not so fun. Woohoo! Um, today we are talking about another creature, fish. Yes, one yes. in particular. Yeah, Do, are you familiar with this one, man? I don't think so. Like, I'm looking at the English and Korean name, and I'm like, what? Because we call a mullet like that long hair that you have. Yeah, a, a, yeah. A mullet is a totally different thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like the hockey haircut. Okay, so uh, mullet as a fish, there, it's a broad range. Uh -huh. um, there's a lot of different uh, variety of mullet. Uh, here in Korea, we have two main ones that okay. are enjoyed. Um, the picture that you're looking at right now is the most general one. It's called sungo. Sungo. Right? Okay. Right? And I, I have a little theory about this. So this has been popping up more and more lately. Really? Um, I Okay. It's it's a better thing for us to eat. These things are lower on the food chain. Mm. Uh, you can tell kind of by looking at the mouth that it's not much of a hunter. Okay. You know, uh, it's more of an algae eater, you mm. know, or small, small fish eater. Um, so lower on the food chain, a little bit better for the environment. Um, and, and, you know, I've seen them in the markets more and more are as like other fish are less available. Freshwater or sea? Seawater. Seawater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they do swim up rivers. Um, okay. we'll get into some stories about that with North Korea a little bit later. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So but this is called a flathead gray mullet. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So this sungo is the flathead gray mullet. And it's mostly, I'd say, around the west and southwest and south, 
pretty much you can find it all around the <laughs> Korean Peninsula. But uh-huh. but uh, it is a winter um, thing, so that its season is coming to an end towards the end of April. Okay. Um, but then the other sungo was coming up after that, and that's a little. It looks just like the other one. We just had the picture up. It's just much larger. Okay. And has a little bit of a brownish or yellowish color on the sides as well. But how big but are we talking? Because I couldn't get a sense. Of so scale. so the just sungo or the flathead gray mullet mm. is maybe 30 centimeters but the okay. others the the kasungo um which has a name i'm not even sure how to pronounce in <laughs> english it's like so ui flat or so ui um mullet oh uh, if you wanted to search it on, online okay so hyphen uiy what um yeah how do you pronounce that <laughs> i don't know um, and that one grows twice as big, <gasps> and its season starts towards the end of April and goes into early summer. Oh, so very different then, yeah. seasonally and size-wise That's as well. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Have I heard mullet as a fish in English? I don't think so in the UK. Chances up. are you probably will soon, because oh. like I said, this is this is uh, much more affordable now than some other fish. I think what what sadly what may be happening is we're we're it's harder to catch some of the other fish that we've been enjoying. I've seen this happen with the yellowtail or the bango or the hirasu. Uh-huh. You know, years ago those were really cheap in the market and nobody cared about them. Yeah, and now they're really expensive <laughs> and enjoyed as hue or, or raw fish in Korea at a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Um, Ten years ago, I never saw that. So Maybe because um, of a lack of availability of other fish. I think that's what's happening. Or the prices of other fish going up, Uh so then restaurants or the markets choosing to promote, um, you know, even, you know the story of the Chilean sea bass? No. Okay. So in the 70s, everybody I think out there is familiar with Chilean sea bass. It became hugely popular in the 90s. Mm. But in the 70s, nobody would buy it. It had a different name. Oh. And there were were these fish brokers around the world that try to... (laughs) find ways or find new species of fish to push in the market, uh-huh. right? If there's availability and he can create a demand, yeah. then, you know. Make so some he, money. he gave it a, a sexier name, Chilean <laughs> sea bass. Uh-huh. Um, and back back then it was only like two bucks a pound. Okay. And then through the 90s, it went from like seven, eight bucks a pound to triple that. <gasps> wow. And now that's, you know, where the price has been. And now you can't hardly find the fish anymore. Oh, uh, because it became so, so popular. Uh-huh. And it's love, but but just you know, a few decades ago, nobody knew about it, nobody cared about it. Oh, yeah. so maybe that might be happening with sumo, right? Exactly, Slowly but surely. Exactly, yeah. Who knows? What kind of fish are we talking about? Just before you get to somewhere, is it like a, a white flesh fish? Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. So um, it's a it's a delicious fish. If you um, you know, a lot of times smaller fish here like like mackerel or, or spanish mackerel or gulby the uh what is gulby in english is My that goodness. the corvina one i think so be. i think so okay um a lot of bones yeah and so definitely westerners coming to korea for the first time they get they order this fish and they're like ah, how do i eat this it's too difficult well sungo's a little bit easier um okay. the especially the larger ones it, the hairpin bones are there but there's a white flaky flesh that you can pull right out so. oh okay a bit more yeah. convenient maybe for visitors as well Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City, 88.1 in Seogipu City, 101.9 in the Daejeong area. Arirang Radio. 
We're back for part two, talking about mullet or songo. Sungo? Sungo. 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 Yeah, sungo is trout. Okay, wow. Yeah, it's easy to, yeah. You're going to get those mixed up really oh, easily, jango, aren't you? Jango, uh, Yeah, there are many yeah. similar sounding fish in Korea. And the o is the symbol that you should be, or the syllable that you should be listening out for, for fish. Right, right? true, true. Uh, yeah. Apart from chamchi. Tuna does not That's have an right. o in it at yeah. all, does it? Uh, Siska's saying from Indonesia, I just had to search what mullet is in Indonesian. Ikan belanak. It's not a type of fish that I eat often, I must say. Huh. Okay. Well, you know, I, I bet you'll start to see it more. I... I had never really seen them in the markets, and now I'm seeing in the market every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Silver Granny Lynn writes in, uh, mullets are caught on the coast of North Carolina and South Carolina, usually used as bait fish. Yeah, again, um, not. It's, I guess this fish has not been greatly respected in oh. the culinary community for so long, but it's, uh, you know, if you did a search for sumo, um, you could find a ton of videos of it, it being enjoyed, especially here in Korea, mm. um, as raw, as hue, yeah. uh, raw, and people are just loving it. And again, there, there are two varieties here, the larger one and the smaller one, and one season is coming to an end now, and the other one will start soon. Wow, that's convenient for them to there keep it is, their yeah. name in, in, in the know, in the psyche. Yeah. Uh, Donna from, uh, sorry, Benny from the Philippines saying, mullet fish in Filipino is banak, and it's one of our country's most expensive fish hey 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 really i'm really curious as to what you guys do with it there yeah do let us know how do you prepare it uh joshua lee says yep they can handle fresh and brackish waters that's what we were talking about the the mullet sometimes swim up rivers here there's stories about that with uh with north korea Uh uh and mullet gets spooked easily and can jump completely out of the water oh that's cool i wonder I've never been fishing for mullet, but I've mm. seen that uh, when you're trolling for them here in Korea, you use those lines that'll have like three or four or five hooks on it so you can catch like three or four or five ah, at a time cool. as you hit a school of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if these are the ones I'm thinking of, but whenever I go to the East Coast every summer, we go like snorkeling. There's not that much to see. It's not a coral reef or anything, mm-hmm. but there are always the fish that look very similar to your photos right near the top of the water in the shallow areas could be in just twos or threes and i i really would love to catch them but they're way too quick and yeah they're about 20 30 centimeters i wonder Uh, wonder. well they do say that if you eat them in the summer Uh they don't they're tasteless oh there's no flavor well, I wasn't going to eat them. I just wanted to show them to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Take them um, over as pets and then raise them until yes, the one. It's of seawater. So yeah. how do we eat them here in Korea? Uh, there's no shortage of ways. Okay. Um, you can imagine. So grilled, absolutely, like okay. like over a charcoal grill mm-hmm. uh, or pan fried, the sogum gui yeah. kind of way. Uh, I've seen them in jeon, you know, with the egg wash. Oh, okay. So you make get a filet, no sure. bones, and egg wash and maybe some other ingredients and kind of pan fry that nice. or shallow fry that, serve with a little soy sauce. Yeah. There are soups. Uh, you know, the when you go have hue or raw fish here, often the end of your meal, what do you have? The meontang. Yeah, the meontang. That has all those weirdy, beardy, herby things in it that yeah. I'm not such a fan of. <laughs> You're like talking about the, chrysanthemum greens. Maybe the minari or the kosari. Yeah, or the, yeah. Lots of different Sukkot. weird things. Yeah. You don't like sukkah either. I don't either. really like any of them. <laughs> 
Yeah, so many people around the world are familiar with chrysanthemums as the flower, as the thing you might plant, you know, around your house. Uh, we plant them at the garden to keep mm. the butterflies on the edges of the farm rather than oh, bringing really? caterpillars into oh, the farm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but chrysanthemum greens here uh, are much more, or chrysanthemum is much more known as a food source in Korea than uh-huh. it is just as a decorative uh, flower. We've, we've got a few photos. So we're Here's trying the catch John. Up. Yeah. yeah. So that green on the left is chrysanthemum green. Ah, yeah. and you can even put that on that egg-washed version It gives like, like a bright little, like, um, uh, what, how is it described? Um, just like a, a, a subtle brightness to it. Okay. You know? A contrast from the oiliness of the of the john, because it's an egg wash and then just a pan fry on that one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you can have it in, like you said, the meuntang. It can be used in there. Absolutely. Like absolutely. Meuntang um, is one of my... It's. I love this idea. So to to go have a bunch of raw fish and then the end of your meal out comes this big soup that everybody shares. <laughs> yeah. And for the restaurant point of view, from the chef point of view, you know what goes in here are all the parts that didn't already come to your plate. Yeah, and they're going to help so with the, the head, stock, right? Right, exactly. The head, the bones, any any meat that uh, they didn't get when they were filleting the fish to serve it to you raw. Uh, there's radishes in there. There's um, there's chrysanthemum green, uh, the, chilies, tofu. The first time um, I had it, we just showed you a photo of it. I was like a bit worried. I was thinking, wait, has someone already eaten this? Because it was just a few bones <laughs> with really barely any meat on right, it, right? right? And I was right. like, that surely isn't meant to be in here, but they just put it all in there, right? That's all right. The little well, bits nothing and goes to waste. This yeah. is this is really cool. This makes sense. I mean, I mean, well, you could always compost it, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, but first you could make meuntang. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that is really, like you said, a great way to finish off a meal like that. Oh, so nice! And then it's time for bed after that. <laughs> so, in terms yeah. of like grilling this, it's just easy to do. You can put the whole fish on the grill. Um, what you do have to do with these is they do have some some thick scales. Ah. So, uh, I'm not. It's not my favorite thing to do scaling fish. Luckily, in Korea, when you go buy fish you can often ask your fishmonger mm-hmm. um can you please scale it for me yeah and they're fast at it and they <laughs> you know but when you take these home and go to scale them i don't know if you guys have ever done this at home yeah but any fish with a a, a decent sized scale they'll often flip and fly and stick to places in your kitchen oh, the scales. and you oh, find no. them you find them a day later and, you're like, oh, and then you gotta you're like really work to get them off there um and it's it's just a bit of work but uh uh, definitely worth it. Uh, How do you descale them? I, I don't think we do that often. In if our you household. don't have a scaler, um, a scaler is just basically kind of like a little rake kind of device. Okay, and they work really well. But if you don't, have that, just a spoon. Just hold oh, a spoon. Really? I'll put my thumb in the the curve of the spoon. Yeah, and just rub it from tail forward. Oh, backwards kind of thing yeah. against the grain. Start back at the tail and go up towards the head. Yeah, and just try to get the first few out. And okay. once you get the first few out, the next get easier. Uh-huh easier and and different fish you want to use different amounts of force because you don't want to damage the flesh Mm. under the skin there um this usually the skin is removed from this fish as well Um, but when you grill it you don't really have to if you scale it cut off the fins um often i've seen it skewered and then laid across a grill oh skewered Um, as well yeah just to hold it all together Um, and then hot and fast, you guys know, we, we talk about that often with seafood. You really want to go hot and fast on this, um, with the exception of, of a few 
types of like octopus maybe not, <laughs> you know. But uh, most seafood is that away. Do that for the grill. And then pan fried, I'm assuming, pretty similar. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And this uh, this is what you normally see in Korea with the mackerel or the Spanish mackerel. Um, maybe with uh, kajami or like a small flounder mm-hmm. as well. I've seen it that way. Um, but sungo definitely can be the, done the same way. Because uh, when you go to fillet these, what's usually done here in Korea, rather than taking all the bones out, mm. they'll just... Cut all the way down the middle of the fish. Yeah. So one side has the backbone yeah. and one side doesn't. Sure. And then you can pull the flesh off of that backbone mm-hmm. on that one side and the other side. It's pretty easy to yeah, do. Yeah, it really is. It really yeah. is. And then often served with maybe some sam or some kind of lettuce wrap uh, and definitely a little soy sauce on the side, mm. maybe a little wasabi. Nice. Yeah. This next picture, maybe we can show this and then go to a song break after talking yeah. about what it is. That's the whole fish. I don't think I've seen Korean fish done in this way so regularly. Well, is that the whole thing? Like, it looks to me like a Chinese restaurant that is style, whole, maybe. It does look a little bit like that, but this is Korean, and that is sukkat, or uh-huh. chrysanthemum green. Oh, they've just put it. a load of raw yeah, sukkat The there. lemon you don't usually see here, no. but, uh, but that's okay. There's definitely some leaks. This is uh, sungo jim. Uh, okay. So braised. Um, mm-hmm. Jim translates as braised or steamed, yeah. um, but uh, it, it's definitely braised. I have seen them steamed a couple of times as well, but but uh, you get just like a shallow liquid in a in a pot and with a lid, and let that sucker go. And uh, this one was scored uh, pr- prior to being braised, yeah. and so so it cooks a little faster through those thicker parts of the flesh. And what's in this sauce? This is kind of a standard thing sometimes to get with some fish gyms. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. So you almost always find radish in the broth for oh. for any kind of uh, fish gym in Korea. Mm. Uh, definitely chili flakes, garlic. Yes. Uh, you'll often find some ginger as well, and then. Peter's favorite, chrysanthemum green garnish. <laughs> Why is yeah. it everywhere? Um, you know, that can bring us on to this question that a few of our listeners were wanting to ask you and me myself, because the hashtag the other day was Jimki, which mm. is like a steamer. You know, you know that foldable like metal one in Korea? Sure. Yeah. That's become really popular, apparently, on the rainforest vendor internationally. And no some, pe- some okay. people are using it as just a dish to serve fruit. Some people using it as a campfire accessory where you can put coals underneath and use it as like a grill because it's got the holes and it's stainless steel. That probably wouldn't last very long. I don't think so. Um, But Paul, it must have been yesterday, Paul was saying, yeah, he loves a good gym, but gym in one sense can mean to steam traditionally the Western way. Mm -hmm. But this kind of fish, we're not talking about steaming it, right? It's brazing so in korea there's like no distinction between those yeah you're right it, yeah. i was confused for for maybe the whole first year that i was here i was like wait are we talking about steaming are you talking about boiling yeah. are you talking about braising uh it's kind of interchangeable here it is yeah. uh but i tell you what you could the the common denominator across mm. a lot of chims is that you know, between a, a soup might be a thinner thing, yeah. but a gym is going to be thicker uh-huh. and it's served with rice. Yeah. And and the, the liquid that thickens up with a gym is rich. It's yeah. strong. I that's the kind of thing I wouldn't I wouldn't want it really for lunch so much because mm. it's going to weigh you down. Sure. You know? Be it be it a uh, a kimchi chim that has a lot of pork belly and all mm. that fat uh, and kimchi or or something like a sumo chim. Yeah. Um, 
they're 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 heavier, and you need a lot of rice. They're saltier. Mm. You need a lot of rice to enjoy that. So concentrated. We had a good right. kimchi chim last weekend with the pork in there as yeah. well, and that was a good dinner dish. Really filled us up. So when you hear it in a dish name, it's almost never steamed. That's meaning it's been braised That's usually, right. right? But then yeah. Jim Gi, the steamer, is talking about a. Thing, a contraption that is used to really steam things with boiling water. It's a bit confusing. Now, all about Korea. Arirang Radio. Uh, lots of messages coming in. We're talking about sunga or mullet. And Siska says, I wonder what Ryan thinks is the best way to cook mullet fish. Because here in Indonesia, we only fry it and then eat it with some of that sambal chili sauce. <laughs> we were talking about this before the show. Um, yeah, when in doubt, fry it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly, I think. Um, have you ever done the trick where you take parchment paper and wrap it around the papillote? No, you ever done this. Uh, it's a, it's a really nice way to do fish. You talked about it before, where you put in some herbs and stuff, and then all the juices like yeah, run you, out and stuff. And, it, and it's cute, you know. Um, it, Valentine's Day has passed, but this is a cute <laughs> one to do because oh. you take parchment paper and you cut it in the shape of a heart. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And then fold it across the middle. Uh huh. All right. And then lay the fish in there. Okay. Of course, you're gonna have to scale it, and you might fillet do all that first. Okay. You know, um, if you want to do this really simply, you get a tilapia fillet and throw uh-huh. it in there. Um, and then choose your flavors. Uh-huh. You know, you could go lemongrass and garlic and ginger. You know, but what what you're doing with this technique, the papillotes, is you start at the point. After you fold it over and all mm-hmm. your ingredients are in there, yeah, you start at the point and fold over the parchment, the okay. bottom layer over the top layer, yeah, and then just keep following that fold around, uh-huh. and it'll seal all the way around the heart, okay. And then it, it, you could just staple the last part, the last <laughs> fold, because uh-huh. if you staple the last one, it'll hold all the others in place, yeah. And then throw it in the oven, a really hot oven, okay, and. And it, then you're essentially steaming or yeah, braising. Inside, it's it's yeah. cheap. I don't know. It's not really braising because you don't have a lot of liquid in there. Sure. But it's definitely steaming. Uh-huh. And liquid does form in there. And so, but everything is trapped inside. Yeah. Nothing can escape. And so it, it intensifies the flavor in the oh, fish. Oh, yeah. Remember, you should always season you know, fish and, and chicken alike or anything and, and let it sit for a good, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes before cooking, before it. cooking it as well. Cause okay. that give that flavor a chance to get in there. Cause That's... it's going to cook. I mean, something like a mullet, uh, especially a filet, if it's not whole. Yeah. I mean, it's going to cook in like seven minutes in a hot oven. Wow. It's That's done. That's it. Yeah. That's called an yeah, yeah. Let me find the spelling I, for you, but yeah, Nian spelt it. I, I oh, assume thanks. correctly. Thanks. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I've never heard of that. Is that like a technique from? A, You've from never heard country? of it? No. Uh, is that like French or something? Maybe, I or believe Spanish. it's Italian. Okay. Oh, yeah. but just by folding it, that's enough to seal it. Like, yeah, yeah. If you cut it in a heart shape, and then yeah. that. That point, uh-huh. after you fold it over, you've got a point at the yeah. bottom. And fold that kind of at a up and left, up mm-hmm. and to the left. And then the next one over that, and the next one over that. Oh, and and it basically, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wow. I think I did that good. the first time in high school, I think. 
And then yes. you open yeah. it up for your other half, perhaps, and What's, it's a heart. Well, you you know, you've got it on a pan in the oven. You take yeah. out that pan, and then you can just cut open the top, and uh-huh. it just open it up. And you can serve it in the paper, even. Oh, it looks kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and, of course, when – oh, another nice thing is if you've got dinner guests and you're not sure when everybody's going to sit down to eat, but you mm. want the fish ready, and you're like, ah, yeah. well, it's a nice way to keep fish warm. Fish uh-huh. cools down. If you put fish on a cold plate, yeah. it's cold in seconds. You know, but in the in the papillote, in that parchment paper wrapped up, and then the guests can cut it open and steam oh. comes out. It's a nice little presentation trick and, well, and nice good. flavors. So that might be that might was it Siska asking? Yes. Well, that might be my favorite way. One of my favorite ways. Another way is salt bake. Have you okay. ever done that? No. It it's a little intimidating the first time, but uh-huh. it's really not hard. You just get a ton of salt and a bunch of egg whites. And you just encase the fish? Yeah. It doesn't get too salty? Well, it can, but skin on fish, a whole skin on fish, will not get too salty. Ah. And then after you bake it, all that salt will come off in one big piece. Oh, just like a crust. Right. Oh, wow. And then that also is sealing in all that flavor. Mm. And a nice presentation, too. That sounds nice as well, doesn't it? That's why we've got Chef Ryan here. We are running out of time, so let's just get back to the photos and stuff. Because this is... Obviously, one of the most loved ways of eating fish in Korea, just where? Raw. Not in a Japanese style where they've done anything to it. As That's well, right. right. That's right. So this is filleted, skin, skinned, and raw. And they've left, okay, the 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 reddish hue there on the on part of the flesh yeah um you know that's maybe here in korea it's loved yeah. but it's not for everybody if you're cooking this fish and you don't like a, a stronger flavor you can remove that it's not as strong as like a mackerel has uh-huh. you know so um is that the bit that goes kind of gray when you cook it yes. in a mackerel kind that's of right okay. that's right the rest of the fish is is more flaky white mm. but that the red part turns kind of grayish and is closer to the bone um but yeah this is this is popping up more and more in hue restaurants in korea and of course it's served with lettuce wraps and raw garlic and samjang or chojang uh vinegar red pepper paste or the samjang with you know lots of garlic and mm. and gochujang in there the standard um, hue spread oh yeah and before you go we gotta get into this one yeah. you were mentioning North Korea and it like swimming up the rivers and stuff yeah. and yeah. there's a North Korean style to well, serve this alright so check this out uh, if you go to po, uh, Pyongyang yeah okay um, and then you go back home a common greeting when you're returning home from Pyongyang yeah apparently has been how was the Sungoguk oh not even knowing that you've had it but just assuming because it's so it, it's such a tradition to serve this to people when they go to Pyongyang, oh. or has been in the past. Wow! Um, yeah, that uh, and I love this too. You're looking at this picture, Peter. Do you know what that green is there? It looks like coriander. It is. Wow! Yes, in the soup in North Korean cuisine. Totally. And and if you go to the part of Korea where a lot of the uh, ginseng is grown. Uh-huh. I was walking around the markets there, and these little old ladies are selling wild coriander or cilantro. Not in, in the market, of course. In South Korea. Yeah. In South Korea. But because um, monks enjoy coriander a lot, wow. it's supposed to reduce uh, desires. Desires. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, so this soup. Um, I really want to try this. It's a simple, simple broth. We're talking just some some ginger, um, 
let me double check my notes here. Some ginger, uh, some scallions, and garlic, and then and a bit the, of coriander and the, and the fish, and it's, then yeah, and then uh, garnish with the coriander. It's so odd because coriander is seen as like exotic and foreign in South Korea. But I heard from a couple of people who went to North Korea. There's a lot of coriander yeah. in a lot of their dishes. Isn't which, that funny? Yeah, yeah, it's funny, yeah. isn't it? It's been around Korea for a long time. Just uh, was kind of forgotten, or yeah, especially or down isolated. south. It seems that's right. That's it. Right. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time right, for today. Man. We're going to see you again next Thursday. Have a wonderful weekend. Ciao. You've been listening to the Thursday segment Dish of the Day with Chef Brian on Hashtag Daily K. 